Welcome to Rockstar Today, the podcast that helps musicians quit their day jobs. Show notes can be found on rockstartoday.com forward slash podcast. You will also find a link to sign up to the Rockstar Today Backstage Pass Facebook group. And now your host, Randall. Welcome to Rockstar Today, the podcast that helps musicians quit their day jobs. But today it's not about making money and quitting your job. Because oftentimes we think about wealth, but we forget about health. And I think we're, today we're going to focus more on the health aspect and mostly emotional health. It's a very big part of being a, an entrepreneur and a, a musician. Uh, you have to take care of your health. You have to take care of your emotional health. And most of all, and the topic of today's show is taking care of your relationships. So I wanted to introduce Leah Siegel. The best way I can explain it is by telling you a very quick story about a Yugoslavian artist in 1954 who stuck wheels on a suitcase and forever changed the travel luggage industry. Now, Leah Siegel puts wheels on emotional baggage. She developed this framework, this simple tool to help individuals have the hard conversations and help embattled couples stop fighting using spark cards. Now, if you want to go to the link, it's spar-cards.com. It's one simple tool to build strong relationships. Spark cards, in a nutshell, help couples hear each other without hurting each other. So her approach not only saved her relationship, led to happy marriage, and I just met John a couple minutes ago, still wearing those awesome pants as he always does, but she also helped countless others through her speaking engagements, her workshops, and her counseling. She's also an accomplished musician. She toured the world with her band Leisure Cruise, as well as her own solo project, Fire Horse, and other collaboration. She even won an award for her song for the Topsy Foundation, which is very emotional and a great video to go along with it. And she's a certified EFT practitioner, speaker, healer, and counselor. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's just such an honor to be here with you in this other capacity. Yeah. It's really a treat. Thank you. So from Montreal to Brooklyn, New York, it's a simple click away and we're together face to face. Yeah. <laughs> the first the first time we were face to face was at Oshiaga, which where I met you, uh, Dave, Aaron, and Jay. Oshiaga, if you don't know, if you're from another country or if you're not from Canada, is kind of like um, the Coachella of Canada. Right. And then I also got to see you perform at an arena show with Dead Cab for Cutie and Metric, and we got to spend some time together. Very awesome. And what was interesting, a connection to the show, is that our last guest was Megan Metcalf, who did the lights. Oh, you're kidding. That show. Amazing. Yes. So we got to reminisce a little bit about that that actual gig, because that was one where I was extremely impressed by the light show. She's brilliant. She's a brilliant artist. Today, I want to talk more about, like I said, not so much about wealth, but more about health. First of all, I want to talk about the transition you went from going from a touring artist. I mean, the band still exists, but obviously not like all artists right now during COVID, a little bit of a hiatus. And how did you go from a touring artist, musician, a very accomplished musician, to being an EFT practitioner, a speaker, a healer, a counselor? I would say that I sort of started changing about five years ago. And actually, I can trace back the beginning of kind of shift or my transformation to the first time I used spar cards. The first time I sat down with my then boyfriend, my now husband, John, 
when we sat down to finally have a conversation with this new framework, with these new rules, it opened something up in me. I would say what it really opened up was a kind of connection to my true self, or I was able to hear that inner voice, that voice of accountability. And, you know, it's not like I was out of touch with that voice or a voice. I mean, I've been writing music since I was a kid and fairly successfully. So it's, it's not like I was shut down, but I was definitely ignoring certain things, avoiding certain feelings. All of that could not be avoided in this conversation. I just sort of heard, I heard things. I couldn't sort of deny what I was hearing. And I, the next day and for a week after, I felt a little confused. I felt angry. And I just thought, I don't know what has to happen, but a change has to be made. And, and I really was not healthy. I was not happy. And I had very little energy to accomplish, you know, what, what I was trying to accomplish, you know, touring, constantly writing, putting out music. So I would say that is kind of how it all began. And then looking back over the last five years as to how I, as to how I've sort of progressed and, and changed and evolved and grown, you, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't write it. It's just so bizarre. I, I couldn't. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a Brene Brown quote that says, we can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree with a lot of what she says. I think she's wonderful. And she's done just so, so, so much in the realm of emotional health and emotional freedom. It's something that I think about a lot. And I'm now a, a healing coach and, and really guide my clients towards the behavioral changes that they need. One of the things I'm always sort of like gauging and sort of watching for is meeting someone right right where they're at, right? Meeting someone in the place where they are and absorbing that, just reflecting the acceptance of how everything is right now, right? That's a warm feeling. That's That's a warm feeling. And that's what some people would consider like, just go where it's warm, go where it's warm, where that comfort is, right? And I think after a lifetime of being you know, a performer or musician and not, you know, not having a foundation of real emotional health. We're just, we're constantly sort of like berating ourselves, criticizing ourselves or what, however you grew up in your family, all of that. In order to sort of renegotiate that experience, you really learn to kind of go where it's warm. But after you have felt a little comfort in that warm place, you got to go where it's cold. And this is something that is I take, like, I really spend a lot of time talking about this, like, you know, at conferences and rooms and and with my clients is like, okay, now it's time to go where it's cold. And there's, there's just no medicine like that. And that's why I think once I sort of had enough health to be able to make better decisions for myself and to listen to what my, you know, higher self or my real sort of creative inspiration was telling me, which was, it's time to just step back a little bit from music and put out whatever this thing is that you made, which, which became Spark Cards. Mm-hmm. And Spark Cards is like the ultimate experience of going into the cold and really ha- having the potential, the potential of having a truly deeply and sort of rapid transformation. As far as that quote is concerned, I think like everything, it's just a continuum, you know, finding yourself like in the flow of 
of yin and yang, you know? And you don't want to be lukewarm. You don't want to be in the middle. You want to either have to be hot or cold. First of all, thank you so much for sharing. There's so much to deconstruct. Let me try to do a few things. Hot and cold, I'm thinking of Scandinavian spas where you go into the sauna and then you jump into a cold pool. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, I did something which is a challenge by Wim Hof. He's called mm -hmm. the Iceman. Oh, uh, very, very aware, very aware. I did this 30-day challenge or 25-day challenge, and I can now go into freezing cold water up to my neck and just accept it. And the biggest thing I found is that with the cold, for example, taking a cold shower or an ice bath, is if you try to resist it, it hurts. It's painful. But as soon as you just relax and, and let the cold come to you, your body produces this, I call it the, the firewall. Like a, It's a wall of fire and it keeps you warm. And it's also good for your, your blood circulation. And I think it's the same thing with the conversations that you are helping create. It's this combination of letting go, yep. trusting in the process, and going to the cold, but not letting it put you in pain. It allows you to just let it flow and go through that experience. And you'll come out the other side much healthier. Yes, 100%. And I have to tell you, first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. 30 days of Wim Hof is truly, truly. Well, I, I just did the cold shower. So and as, as cold as my shower can go. So I wasn't doing a, a full like ice bath. Yeah, I, see you in, I see you in an ice bath up to your, up to your neck. Right. I can see that. I, I'll tell you that one of my clients was having a really, really, really hard time letting go of something and sort of like writing this email that was, you know, a hard email to write to, to set her free. She said she was going to a spa. I said, okay, when you're at the spa, you're going to take a cold plunge. She said, no, no, I don't do the cold plunge. I said, oh, you're definitely going to do the cold She went and she pushed herself to do the cold plunge. A week later, she wrote that email without any prompting whatsoever. And it absolutely liberated her. And I appreciate the comparison, the comparison with spark cards. There is something about the experience that spark cards creates that is the feedback I get, the data that I receive is very impressive. I mean, it's very, very impressive. And for some people, it's like, oh, this this is the transformation that I needed, right? I, I just got a video testimonial from someone who used it with uh, his ex-girlfriend. They had had a terrible, terrible breakup. And there were just, there were questions. There was, it was not a closed book. And um, so they used spark cards and they sent me this video. It was years ago when they used it. They said, we would not be friends today if we hadn't sat down to use spark cards, we, we just would, it just wouldn't have happened. We, we wouldn't have been able to experience each other as people. And the man, you know, what he talked about in that conversation was for, for him, he had that real sort of transformative experience, which was like that conversation, just the experience, just the experience of having the opportunity to practice the body feeling of lowering your defenses, right? Lowering your defenses and just letting the other person land, just experiencing them, experiencing their world, experiencing their truth without shaming them, trying to change their mind, trying to bend their will, just let it happen. And when you give yourself the space to do it, your body gets to experience something that is so important that we're all, that I feel like, a lot of us, I'm not going to say all, a lot of us, mm -hmm. I certainly didn't grow up with this knowledge in the body. And, and that is part of what, what I'm offering here. It's a body practice. It's a somatic practice. And it is something that you teach the body and the body 
loves it. I believe the body and the mind, the mind body love this experience of not having to raise the defenses and just launch the attack, right? And not having to, you know, spin out into wounding and and distraction, but actually really taking the time to gently consider, I think I hurt this person, you know? It's powerful. It's very powerful. It's quick medicine. I think it's quick, effective medicine. There's multiple levels here. Again, I'm sure we can talk for hours, but (laughs) I want to focus on a few things. One is the majority of our listeners are musicians. I think musicians are people who are, for the most part, especially the songwriters, Mm -hmm. are, are very emotional people. A lot of the musicians I've interviewed have trauma that they're working through and music and the lyrics that they create help them break through that trauma. It's like a soothing, a healing process, but it's a very slow process. It sometimes takes years, decades, uh, sometimes a whole life. And I also believe that our bodies are storage for trauma. Mm -hmm. And when we don't deal with it, our bodies will give us pain to say like, there's something you need to deal with, but there's no readout. I, I can't see a little screen on my on my skin saying, you know, you've um, you haven't dealt with this uh, emotional issue that you you know, you told your wife off three years ago, and maybe you should apologize. <laughs> you're feeling pain somewhere because you're not dealing with it. Your body's saying, get it over with. So this might also have healing effects that you won't even think of putting two to two together, but they will. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. What can I say? How did I end up here? You know, the the truth is I've always been obsessed, always, always been obsessed with the body, with energy. It honestly comes down like from my grandmother, my mom's mom. I felt ashamed actually of the way I sort of was dreaming about the body or the way, you know, I was learning about the body as far as its energy system or its electrical system. I mean, it was all like a little bit off. It was way off the beaten path 20 years ago, mm-hmm. let alone 30 years ago when I was, you know, a, a kid and my grandma was sort of telling me these things. She was like way, way ahead of her time in like, you know, the <laughs> going gluten-free and dairy-free and doing kinesiology. And, and I felt a little embarrassed about not being a mainstream thinker as far as like the body was concerned. So when I started really understanding my suffering, my pain and suffering and, and my physical expressions of this suffering, which were like, you know, diagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder. And that's a very, very painful experience. And it was, it was chronically misdiagnosed as, you know, depression or whatever, you know, focus problems or, or, or whatever. So the moment I started experiencing relief, I was just completely sucked in. So, so that's how I ended up kind of taking a step back from what my life had been for, you know, 18 years or something. It didn't matter to me, like what I was working on at the time, what mattered to me was feeling better. And the truth is it should matter. It should matter. It should matter. And it's scary. I know, I know how scary it is to be like doing your life. I just played this stadium. I'm on this tour. I did this and got this award or whatever, you know, it's really, really scary to feel like you've created a big thing. You've put everything, everything you've made since you were, you know, 12 mm-hmm. has, you know, brought you to this great moment. And I was miserable. 
and it's hard, it's really hard to describe because you're like, well, of course I'm happy about this. Like, this is amazing. There was something deeper there for me. And, you know, I experienced a really, really tragic loss. I lost one of my bandmates, not in Leisure Cruise, but a long time friend who was like a brother. And that was just like a massive transformation for me being with him at the end of his life. And so I started writing very different music and I, you know, had been doing a lot of this kind of like inner work and self-understanding and learning how to really appreciate and accept myself no matter what I was doing or no matter, you know, what mistake I had just made. And so I was really open to just like, as long as I can afford to feed myself, I'm just going to stay on this path, whatever it was. So I started writing a new solo record called Lullabies for Grownups is all about death and dying and, and how totally unprepared we are in the West. We just don't have a culture of like death literacy. And I see this as hugely, hugely problematic. And I watched it happen in, in my friend's family. And so the music was so intense that some people would come up to me and just be like, I'm healed. Thank you. You healed me. That was it. Thank yeah. you. I can go deal with my horrible childhood now because that was it. And the other half of the room was just, just, devastated, like they had just been ripped apart by these ideas, by these concepts. It was the cold hitting them and they weren't ready for it. Not ready. And so that was when I was like, okay, in order for me to keep playing my music, the music that I feel is important to really help people, I need to know how to support someone when they are going through that and like cut to like completely sobbing, (laughs) you know? you know, audience member just in the corner. And so when I found it, when I found the thing that could be helpful so that I could keep performing, it was emotional freedom technique, which is tapping. And at the same time, I thought, oh, and also this work I've been doing with couples that I can really, really help couples when they're really in their emotional upheaval as well. And what happened was, you know, within six weeks of doing my coursework for that certification, I healed my central nervous system. So to me, you know, part of doing interviews and talking to people about this is letting people know, especially, especially my songwriter friends, my musician friends, you know, who are self-medicating or maybe on medication, whatever it is they're dealing with, I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing the word incurable. And it's, it's depleting. It's really, really, I think it's really depleting and painful for people to be disconnected from the hope of like, can I have a normal life? I used EFT to get off the OCD medication I was on and I've never felt better. <laughs> so there's so much you can do. There's like rapid effective healing, having a hard conversation. It, it's like a wormhole. Worm yeah. You can go at like warp speed. Let's break some of this down. And first of all, we're going to get into the spark card technique. So stick around because it's going to get really interesting. But before we go there, we just touched on something is EFT, emotional freedom technique. Also, a good way I've heard it explained is psychological acupressure. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Think about it this way. We definitely don't know enough about the human body, but definitely energy is involved. And just to give you an idea, when you have a heart issue, the first thing they do is they put an electrocardiogram and they check the energy of your heart. Now, the first person that invented this, they thought he was crazy. It's like, you know what, you're you're gonna check if somebody's heart is good because you're using electricity? Well, we've only accepted so far, you know, medically wise, the heart. 
but the whole body works this way. So if it works for the heart, it works for all the other parts. So there's a lot of untapped knowledge there. Pardon the pun there, untapped. <laughs> Let's talk about EFT. So EFT is about tapping. It's actually like tapping in specific places, like the top of the head or underneath the eyes or uh, I think un underneath the nose, mm -hmm. kind of like the pressure points of your body. It's like a signal to your emotional response system or your inner workings of your brain to reset or to, to, to do something differently. So explain how that works and, and how you've uh, seen that help people. Oh, okay. So tapping is really interesting and it's, it's super controversial. I like to say it's as controversial as it is effective. So you tap on different parts of the body. You're actually tapping on the ends of meridians, meridians being the energy roadways of the body. So you tap on the body and you focus your mind. That, that's really it. You breathe deeply, you focus your mind. Every EFT, every practitioner of anything, anything at all, everyone's got their own kind of flavor. I have, I've sort of like discovered my own kind of magic and how I work with it. So you focus the mind in specific ways, always directing the mind towards acceptance, love, gratitude, all of those experiences, acceptance, love, gratitude, right? Forgiveness, you know, surrender, all that stuff. These are not like hokey experiences. They are real body experiences. That's why everybody is so, you know, hung up on language. Like you got a specific language and watch your words and the things that you say, our language elicits a feeling. Mm -hmm sensation in the body. That feeling is not just a feeling. That feeling is a collection of hormones and electricity. When That's you... why music is so important. Yeah. Music, those words, they, they just, you know, we know how we feel when you hear these songs, they just cut us to the soul. That's right. Words and melody. I mean, we still don't, I, we still don't know what the music is doing to the brain. It's still like a bunch of magic, you know, the experience of, I don't know, seeing a snake right? I just had this experience this summer. I saw him, I ran into my first two snakes. I was so, oh God, it, it made me nauseated. I felt nauseated. I felt anxious. My whole body just sort of collapsed because I'm really, really afraid of snakes as it turns out. But that's what happens when you experience fear. It's a body experience, right? And it's the same, you know, the, the words that you say are creating pictures in your brain and your brain doesn't know the difference between the picture that's out there and the picture that's in here. Mm -hmm. It just, your body then just responds to it, right? So if you are caught in a fear loop, then your body is going to be producing a lot of stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline. There's nothing wrong with a shot of cortisol and adrenaline when you see a snake or a bear or whatever, mm -hmm. because it's important for your body. But if you are, if you're chronically, chronically, speaking poorly to yourself, of yourself, chronically feeling, I don't know, embattled. Unworthy. Unworthy. Yes, exactly. Those, you know, those aren't just like feelings. Those are, those are body experiences and, you know, chronic stress hormones reduces your immune function and can open you up to a whole host of problems. Right. Just to give you an example, anybody who's listening could remember a teenage heartbreak. Right. Yes. It's a, it's a pain. Like you feel it inside, it inside your body. It's, but it's just, and it, you know, years yeah. later, it, it means nothing, but you still remember that pain. Emotions 
and pain go together. And yeah, well, your your emotional, you have an emotional body. I mean, what is becoming mainstream now, what's really moving into the mainstream now is that, you know, speaking of like, we don't really know what the body is. Well, we have not been looking at the body in this holistic way, right? Like that my thinky pain is also my physical, physical pain. manifestation of it. Yeah, there's a physical manifestation and there's and there's just a physical experience, right? So when you focus your mind towards like, okay, even though this happened, I still love myself. Actually, I don't love myself. Even though I don't really love myself, I'm learning how to love myself. You, you start talking to yourself the way you would speak to your own child that you love, or you start talking to yourself the way you would speak to any anyone else's child. Just, um, and it's possible that you didn't get that kind of appreciation or love or patience when you were a kid. And that's why you don't really know how to give it to yourself. But once you learn how to give it to yourself, everything, everything is just so, so much easier. When I first started doing this, when I got my certification, I kind of was like, oh, wow, I, I can't believe I have just found something that I'm this good at. Because the only thing I was ever really good at in life, I thought, was singing and, mm-hmm. you know, writing my my kind of songs. And finally, I found something that I, it was, I was, it was very, very natural for, for me to sort of start working with clients. The, the moment I was, the moment I, it, it, just, it just completely made sense to me. You know, when I started working, I would be like, oh man, is that, oh, I, I hope that miracle shows up for this person. I hope that miracle shows up today in this session. And six months later, I was like, this is not a miracle. This is not miraculous. Um, process, it's a framework. It's a process and it's a way of working with your body to bring yourself relief that is just so effective. And when I say effective, I mean like rapid. I remember I worked with one woman who had been sort of like threatening to take a session from me for a long time. And finally she did. And just before the session started, she was like, I think I'm too sick to do this. I, I feel nauseous. I, I think yeah. I should fail. And I was like, actually, I think that you are just experiencing a little natural resistance and you just, you know, you're afraid and that's okay. But I think it's probably a good thing for you to come to session. So we did the session and I really watched her clear childhood molestation in one session at 50 years old. And when I say clear, I mean, the reason she came to me was because she couldn't get out of a pretty abusive relationship. She's like, I don't understand why I can't go. Once you like kind of pull on a thread, it's always an interesting surprise. Like, oh, that's the root of that. That's the root of that belief. That's the root of that feeling. Or that's why I can't leave or whatever. And then a week later, she kicked her boyfriend out. One of the most amazing things was at the beginning of the pandemic, a woman came to me. She heard about me from a friend of hers. And she came to me and she said, I have been sleepwalking and sleep eating for 35 years since I was a little girl. It runs in my family. They've all said, well, you just have to deal with it. It's, it's hereditary. There's nothing you can do about your genes. And she went to a therapist. It got really amped up at the beginning of the pandemic because you know there was a lot more stress and she started to fall. And so she was really concerned. She came to me, she was like, my therapist told me that it's gonna take years for me to actually get some relief or, or feel differently or change this. But my friend told me I should come see you. So, you know, look, I don't ever make any promises. Like people are on their own trip. Everyone's on their own path. I'm just a guide. I'm just an usher. And I can show you where the door is, but, but that's it. The rest is really up to you ultimately. So 
so I suggested she give me three sessions and within three sessions, her night eating was down 25%. Within five or six sessions, it was down 50%. And about eight to 10 sessions later, she had been getting up several times a night to go eat. She was now doing it once a week, once, once every two weeks. I mean, we're talking like Major, major change. Major reversal, major, major relief of, of just like, and think about that. Like you're told your whole life, you're probably not going to heal this, right? You're just going to have to live with this. And then, you know, that gets, that gets into your thinking. It gets into everything you do in life. And then within just a couple of months, think about how that opens your mind. Think about how that creates flexibility where there's been rejection. It's so empowering. It's like all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, what else can I do? What, what more can I do? You know? So, so that's some of the stuff that I experienced as a practitioner. Again, I want to break this down a little bit. There's a book called Personality is Not Permanent by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm a big fan. It keeps coming up lately. So I keep talking about it. He talks about how a lot of who we are today is based on past trauma, mm-hmm. but you can always reframe that past trauma. And instead of saying, well, why did that happen to me? Say, why did that happen for me? And take a lesson from it. And once you do that, you kind of are able to reframe the trauma, which helps to take away its power or its grasp on your current life. And his, his philosophy or his thinking is, think about who you want to be, your future self, yeah. and make decisions not on your past self, the one that's all affected by trauma, but take decisions on your future self and who you want to be. And you'll naturally guide yourself towards that person and become that person because you'll manifest what you put out into the world. This totally goes together. So very, very interesting stuff, how EFT can be transformative and we still don't know so much about the body. I want to spend some time on the part about smart cards. Yeah, great. So you've created this not, it's not a card game. It's definitely not a game because it's the game. I mean, it's the game of life, right? But it's, <laughs> it's these cards. Explain how they work, what their purpose is, and how people can use them. Okay. So, yeah, that's a good point. In a world, you know, now completely inundated, flooded with cards, right? Decks of decks for this, and now there's a deck for this, and all really, really great decks. Spar cards are not a deck of cards. They're not... You're not going to sit down with a glass of wine, although you could. You're not going to sit down with a glass of wine and like be directed, okay? Spar cards are a mediator. They teach you how to de-escalate, or they rather, they allow you to de-escalate your intensity when you're triggered. Is it de-escalating the person who's talking or the person who's receiving? Great question, because everything is a mirror. I mean, we're just living in a funky hall of mirrors anyway, right? So what I've learned is that, okay, let's start from the beginning. So the first card I made was the yellow card. It was just a scrap of paper and it came from being a soccer player for the first 10 years of my life. The idea is that when you're in conversation with your partner and let's say we don't really know who escalated first because I'm telling you, you don't know who escalated. You have to slow everything down. Like I became like the Terminator. (laughs) I would like scan the whole environment, including 
you know, my partner's face. And I finally found it. I, I always thought I was the one who was escalating, but he was really triggering me. The point is, it doesn't matter. It only matters that someone notices that the other person is getting upset. Mm-hmm. When that happens, you just touch, you don't wave it in their face, just like I did, but you touch the yellow card just toward them when you're, when you're sitting in front of each other. Okay. What that does remarkably well is you both agree on the value of this card, first of all, which is when I touch this card towards you, I'm letting you know that I see, sense, or feel frustration or aggression from you. And I believe that we can no longer hear each other. So when one person gets frustrated, when one person gets triggered, depending on the state of your relationship and and your personalities, is very likely that the other person is going to get triggered. Two people are triggered creates an escalation. That escalation most likely leads to, if this is your fight cycle and it was mine, wounding and then distraction. And then you just go wound, distract, wound, distract, wound, distract. The last big blow up you had with your partner or your friend or whatever. Bandmate. (laughs) Bandmate. Oh yeah, man. I do not miss those fights. I got to tell you, you can probably see this roadmap, this fight cycle, trigger, escalation, wounding, and distraction, right? So the yellow card, it's basically, it's like a safe word, but it's better than a safe word because you don't have to use your voice. When you take your voice completely out of the equation, you have now a 100% less chance to put your foot in it. Oh, ooh, I like that. Your voice is, I mean, there, there are all of these like sort of subtle cues that we send each other. Mm-hmm. That's really, really why I think Spark Cards is so powerful. Why they are so powerful is, is because you're really allowing yourselves to hear each other in these subtle ways, right? So, you know, just by example, just my own personal example, which is the reason I made it in the first place is my then boyfriend, now husband, John, I would say, I don't know, anything. And he would subconsciously and microscopically roll his eyes (laughs) at me. And I couldn't, I couldn't catch it. I, I didn't see it, but I could feel something. I could feel something that didn't feel friendly. Right. And of course, vocally, he would, he would be like either neutral or, you know, affirming like, yeah, we can talk about that. But his, everything else about him felt the energy. Right. It felt aggressive and it felt frustrated. And then I would get lit up from that. And so when I started noticing that this would happen, <laughs> I would try and catch him in it. And I would, I would sort of point and I'd be like, but you just rolled your eyes at me. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I didn't. Right. And so then I would try it even more sort of like gentle. And I would try it without pointing like, you know, you just rolled your eyes at me. You can't, you can't do it. You cannot, you cannot use your pointer finger or your voice to point out to your partner that they are aggressing you. You can't do it. So my suggestion is. It's like poking at a fire with a stick of dynamite. It's just eventually going to blow up. You're not going to get the result that you want. You're just not. So stop doing it. So it's such a small thing and it just works so well. When I see frustration or aggression from you, I touch the yellow card towards you and we both just take a breath and wait for whoever, if you were speaking, all the yellow card says is without saying anything, says, slow down. I want you to know that I'm experiencing a little bit of heat from you. Take it down and just like start again. And most couples, 
you, you don't have to go all the way to zero. Even just the effort of reeling it in just a little bit is mm-hmm. usually enough. And the same for me. If you experience um, frustration or aggression from me, you just touch it towards me. And then I, okay. Then you just start again. And you don't have to go, you know, it doesn't have to be amorous. It is so appreciated when you see your partner just try to take it back. And some people really go back, they go down to zero. This is one of the most sort of magic pieces of spark cards. I call it trigger training. When you trigger train your partner, you are simply saying what you're doing just now, this hits my threshold for pain. And I'm showing you, this is my current threshold for pain. Mm-hmm. But you're not stopping the conversation. You still want it to keep going. So it's, it's yeah. still, it's a, it's yeah. a positive step. It's a positive step because you can keep going. If you don't alert the person to how you're feeling, which is this hits my threshold for pain, you're and probably going to end up off the rails over there. Or the barrier goes up and then you no longer hear each other. Right. Or you're defensive. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. And look, I'm not saying that this is not easy. It, mm-hmm. It's not easy, but it's easier. It's better. Oh, it's, it's like the wheels on the, on the, on the suitcase. That's right. like, it's, it's still heavy, but it's a lot easier to, to roll. Yeah. And, and when you do the work as a couple or as friends or as a parent and child, when you do the work of just like letting a person know like that hurts, that whatever, even if it's just a small, like, you know, sucking your teeth or scoffing or whatever it is, what I'm saying to you is that doesn't work for me. What happens, what I've noticed, this amazing symptom of doing this practice is that pretty quickly that threshold for pain starts to grow. First of all, your partner's less likely to be so frustrated, but when they do get frustrated, you're not so afraid of them anymore because you're creating a foundation of acceptance. You're creating a foundation of being able to, to share like that hurts, that hurts, that hurts while also letting them know blue card. I disagree with that. Right. Without saying, with you know, snapping, no, or, well, that's not what I said, or that's not what happened. You just, no words. You just touch the blue card. The blue card says, I don't agree with that. That's it. And the blue card says, okay, we've come to an impasse. We disagree. It's not mm-hmm. the end of the world. It just means we are going to work together to find a solution. And maybe the only solution is simply to sit in that space to feel the, the friction in your body of someone disagreeing with you. I'm telling you, that is the magic. When you simply allow the body experience of disagreement, of being challenged, right? While your defenses are down, because if you're working with this system, with these cards, these things are able to land without so much aggression, without so much pain, without so much offense, right? You can just sort of hear someone's truth and their truth might not be your experience. So the practice here is, and the beauty of this is I get to have this unbelievably transformative growth experience of holding two truths, possibly opposing truths Mm -hmm. in my body for just 30 seconds without making a fuss, without yelling at someone, without telling them they're an idiot, without telling them, you know, trying to convince them that you're right and they're wrong, that you're the winner and they're the loser. 
I've spent the last five years studying these cards and we're, and working with couples and, and creating this as a product for people. And I, I just can't tell you how simple it is with so much profound effect. To me, it goes back to the cold water. <laughs> yeah. Because when I was first doing that challenge, I was stiff. I was fighting it. It was painful. It took me three days into my challenge. And I was only doing one minute of a cold shower at this point. The first three days is one minute. <laughs> and when I let go, I just, it's as if I'm embracing a conversation. The pain went away. And yeah. all of a sudden, I can handle a little bit more. After five days, I went to a minute and a half, then two minutes, and through, you know, three, five. And like you said, once you use spark cards in your conversations with uh, someone you love or someone that you have a relationship with, whether it be a, a bandmate, a child, or a partner, you eventually are get used to letting your guard down and you can absorb this contrast of cold and hot. And it no longer pains you, but you actually embrace it and you sit with it. And you're not going to stay in the cold for like all day long, but... It, you become acclimatized to it. Like you said, you can, your threshold becomes bigger and then you can, you can kind of work within those bounds and feel comfortable and have those hard conversations without feeling hurt all the time, which I think is the biggest problem. Like people have large social media connections, but shallow friendships, you know, people are not used to having those deep conversations anymore. It's, it's all small tweets, but having those conversations is so important, especially as a couple, I've been married 29 years now, mm. um, happily married for 20. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not perfect, but you talked about something that I, I truly believe in is, is all these micro expressions, very small things have big effects. And I, I'll give you an example. I was born an only child. So with that comes a little bit of uh, entitlement. And in the marriage, you're no longer an only child. You're now responsible for another human being. But for many, many years, which is those years where we were not maybe the best, you know, after the honeymoon is over, it was totally my fault. Why? Because I was still being selfish. Like if I was pouring coffee, I'd pour my cup first and I'd pour my wife's cup. I'd still be making her coffee, but I'd be more important. Or I'd pour the wine and whichever glass had a bit more, well, that was daddy's wine, you know? And at one point, I started to do a micro change. And if I poured two glasses of wine, one had more, that was my wife's. In the morning when I pour my coffee, every single day when I pour coffee for my wife, I pour her cup first and then I pour mine. It's such a small thing. Yeah. But when you course correct by even a degree, after a while, you're a completely different person. You, you, you end up in a different continent if you're sailing. And I find that this has truly helped me change my personality is just by doing these little changes. And over time, uh, they really, really make a, a, a large impact. And I think that's what your spark cards are doing. They're, they're putting a, a small change in your communication structure, the way you, you, you do things, but it has a, an incredible impact. And you find yourself, instead of being a, you know, navigating toward this continent of, of strife, you navigate towards this more of an acceptance area where you can actually have those conversations and when it escalates, you let it sit and you can go much longer and, and, and actually work through it and come at the end and have a, a solution or at least maybe not even a solution because you can still have differing opinions, but 
having released that opinion just brings you closer together, I would think. Well, if I can speak to that, which is, I think, one of the most important aspects of putting this out into the world. And, you know, for, for me, my, my hope is I want so much for people to have better tools to help themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the U.S., our healthcare system is crumbling. And part of the reason I made these in the first place is because we were really blocked from therapy, actually. So we, we just didn't have access and there are so many people who don't have access. So it's very, very important to me that these really find a place in the world, which is why I've put all this time and effort into it and away from music. It's, it's really just a message, right? And, and the message is there is another way that we have to learn to disagree without destroying each other. We have to hear each other without hurting each other, right? What does that mean? And so talking about the solution, right? The solution is always no matter what, is always to sit and make an agreement just to, to practice this, just to do this, to have, to have the fight this way instead of, you know, late at night with all the lights off in bed and you're just yelling at each other and destroying each other until like five in the morning, right? But instead, like setting time aside, knowing that you are going to talk about this issue, waiting for that moment to come, keeping your your presence together, right? Knowing that, look, it's still nerve wracking. I mean, my husband and I had to have, we had to sit down with spark cards just last week and we hadn't used them in, I don't know, a couple of years because we had worked through so much stuff together. But it, but the whole day I was like, oh man, it's still, it still is unnerving. It's still, God, it's still, you know, it's still, I can feel it in my body. I can feel a, just a little bit of nervousness and like, you know, that's part of it. It's it, the whole thing. If you really commit to it, it creates this resilience. But the the thing of like, are we going to get to the green card, right? Oh, are what's we the green card? The agree card. Okay, agree. A green card. <laughs> That's right. Because green means go. It means go, forward motion. Great. We're on the same page. Everybody wants, to, everybody thinks this is the golden ticket. And it's it's just not. The point is not to agree. It's the first thing that you read in the user manual in the SPAR book. The point, actually, it's it's on the begin card. The point is not to agree. That's not the point. Because who cares? <laughs> it's not about agreeing. It's about understanding. Being heard. Yeah. It's about being heard and being received. It's about receiving another person, even if it feels uncomfortable. If there are contracts to be negotiated, decisions to be made, they're going to get made. I promise you. But that's not the point. That's that's just a byproduct, mm-hmm. right? Is that all of the stuff that's been confusing you, confounding you, and keeping you from making these kinds of decisions in your life, you're not making them because you're scared, <laughs> because you're scared of what it means to make that decision. I, I One of the very first couples I worked with, they could not stop fighting. Two very, very beautiful, beautiful people, very successful and well-educated and they couldn't stop fighting. And I did a session with them and of course they couldn't stop fighting. If they were to stop fighting, that would mean they would have to have a really serious conversation about, do I have to move across the country if this actually works? Like if we actually really love each other, do I have to quit my job? People are happy to lead themselves into distraction instead of make these hard decisions. 
So agreement is great. The green card is great. It feels really great. It's nice to know you're on the same page. It's nice to have your contracts negotiated, which is what you can do in a therapist's office if you have that kind of access, right? They're more likely to help you negotiate your contracts, help you sort of like make, maybe sort of like sort through your feelings enough to make some decisions. What this does is allows you to build resistance, heal broken trusts, create intimacy, which builds another kind of resilience. All of the just sort of simplicity of like, okay, all I have to do is sit here, let them know when it feels frustrated, calm it down, just touch this when I don't agree, touch this when I want to say anything of favor. Yeah. Like That's a new card. This is the accept card is the pink card, which says, okay. I love you, or I'm sorry, or I forgive you. It says all of the sort of like radiant, blushy, swirly stuff, right? Which a lot of people, a lot of people, both men and women, probably mostly men have trouble saying. And especially in these really tense moments when we've been, okay, we now we've been fighting for two hours. Like, I don't want to tell you I love you. Or what I see a lot of is in your knockdown drag out fight, someone's just like, but I do love you, you know? And it's like, well, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel like anything, you know, that yeah. feels like aggression, right? So that's why it's important to have this card on the table and to use that. Mostly, if a solution does not appear, then the solution is simply to sit and wait. Just let it all land. What does it feel like to be sitting across from this person you know, having created this space to do this work, right? To really sit and be with them and not rush to trying to get to go, trying to get to agreement, you know? If you go too fast, I'm assuming somebody compromised too much. Mm, I would say that... Or didn't, didn't value their own opinion sometimes. So here's what I have to say about that. I can't tell you what's right for you. Mm -hmm. I can only show you the ropes. I can only give you this framework that works. The rest is entirely up to you. And the reason why is because the whole point of this, even deeper or even higher, if we can get any loftier, is authenticity. That's it. If you want healing in your relationship, if you want healing in your body, if you need healing in your life, in your home, you have to be able to express yourself authentically, which is why I don't put anywhere in Spark Arts, in any of the material anywhere, I don't use any scripts. I don't say, try saying it this way. And I'm, I, mm -hmm. I'm really a fan of nonviolent communication. I think it's really, really important for what it is and what it does. This does something else. This is different. Yeah. And if you want to get that clarity, if you want to get that relationship and personal clarity, that transformative clarity, you've got to show up as yourself. That's it. And if you change your words and words, you know, we, we started our conversation here. Words are so completely important. They're everything. They are, they are creating the, the feelings, chemicals, and vibrations in our body. The person across from you, they can, they absolutely sense you. They sense you in a way that, you know, they probably don't even totally understand. And furthermore, right? The reason you absolutely must show up in your authenticity is because this, if you show up and you are not being completely legit, like you're not completely aligned with who you really are, how you really are, what you really are, what you really want, you're gonna know. If you've been hiding that truth from yourself, 
forever or for whatever, just from this partner or, or whatever, you're going to know in this conversation, you can hear it. You can hear yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. That's why it is such a rapid transformation. And I'm not talking about like, well, not, not, not only transforms the relationship, but it transforms you as the communicator and, and the individual. And what yeah. else is a relationship? A relationship is simply a reflection of your ability to be yourself, to communicate your truth. Mm. And if you're not communicating your truth, you're, you're in pain. You're probably in pain. And you're not being a good partner. And you, you, well, it's, it's non-existent. I mean, that was where I started, Randall. That was the, that was what I heard the first time I sat down with these cards that I made standing right here in my kitchen is I, I sat down and it was the first time in my life I could really hear you're lying. You're a liar. You just lied again. You, You keep lying. How could you ask him how could you ask him for that in this relationship when you know you can't give that yourself, right? All this stuff that like I had really been in denial about. That's why it worked so effectively and so quickly, right? So, but that's what relationship healing is, right? Relationship healing is a self-healing, right? That's a solution. Think about that massive change, right? And you don't, you, you know, you're not necessarily going to sit there and be like, "Oh, I'm hearing hearing my inner voice here, telling me I'm, you know, that I'm that I, whatever." It's just a, a way of understanding who you are, how you are, what you are, what you want. And if you're having, you know, relationship issues, relationship problems, something is out of alignment, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you created this out of a need, which is always the best way to invent something is to cure your own ailment. The the ending of the story is that you've able to repair and build a relationship that's that's solid now. Yes. We have Mr. John uh, Fancy Pants. <laughs> love his pants all the time. Uh, walking the dog, giving you some space. And that's part of, of the growth of the relationship where it can be successful. And, and you always talk very highly of him uh, every time I talk to you. So... It's obviously a success. Well, he was worth it. You know, he was worth doing it for. He he still remains the most inspiring person in my life. I mean, he inspired he inspired this mm. because I thought he was, you know, as embattled as we were at the time. I still felt that he was a person I wanted to be able to communicate with, even if that communication was, I'm not into this relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully that that wasn't the message. So, but, so results results may vary. We we cannot guarantee that you're going to solve your problems, but maybe sometimes breaking off a relationship that's toxic is in, in effect something that's beneficial for your your health. Very 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 important to mention that spar cards heals a relationship in one of two ways, right? Either mm-hmm. by bringing you closer together or moving you further apart. And it's done both, it's done both. In fact, one of my couples used them and were able to that, like finally have like a really good time with each other for another few months. And then they ended the relationship, right? Or like you just said, that other couple who ended the relationship but were able to stay friends because now they could be- They had heard each other. Yeah. They had heard each other without demanding, you know, well, you're wrong about that. You know, they had just heard each other without trying to convince 
you know, the other person that they're right. That that's it. That's it. Well, it's, it's an awesome technique, a framework. I could totally see how it could help a couple. It could help musicians, it can help parents, pretty much uh, human beings, maybe even politicians. That would be interesting. But uh, <laughs> let's not go there because it's not, not, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going there at all. Uh, so, so if somebody wants to get a hold of Spark Cards, uh, what's the procedure? How do they work to get that? Okay, well, because I'm so dedicated to people having access to helpful tools and help at all, you can always, as far as I know, you can always download the digital version, the, the MVP on our website, which is spar-cards.com. You just didn't put your email. It's totally free. That's it. And then you can print the whole thing out. You can print out the, the cards on your printer and you print out the user manual and that's it. So you can, you can always look at that right now. What we are doing right now is we're gearing up to do a Kickstarter. We're going to launch this in a couple of weeks. If you're into this and you want a really beautifully designed experience. And, and if you're going to do this with, if you're showing how much you care about a relationship, don't do it on printed paper. Get the real thing. <laughs> like, it's, it's not going to be thousands of dollars. It's not going to be hundreds of dollars. So just go for it. No, it, I think it'll be, I think it'll be $30. We, we still have to get the, the, the box. And, and anyway, we'll, we'll see what we can do. If Whatever it, it is, what price do you put on working through the hard conversations and relationship? It's yes. totally worth it. Exactly. So if you want to be in touch or if you have questions for me, you can, I guess at this point, I just started the uh, Instagram account for Spark Cards. So you can reach out to me at Spark Cards on Instagram. That's a good way to, to be in touch since I am doing a lot of work there right now. And keep an eye out for the Kickstarter campaign. And you know, if you want to buy it as a gift for people, it's a beautiful gift. If you just want to support the message, help people learn how to disagree, help bring more resilience into our homes, into our families, into our lives, and into our communities, and hopefully the world, then we would absolutely, absolutely appreciate your support. Well, thank you so much, Leah. Uh, what an awesome conversation, as always. It can always go on for hours, but of yeah, course- Yeah, uh, we've got another couple hours in us, I'm sure. Yeah, but the, the husband has to come back. The dog is probably tired of walking. <laughs> I think I hear him outside. <laughs> so thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to the Kickstarter. I'm definitely going to buy a pack or more. Thank uh, you. And uh, we look forward to our next conversation. Me too, Randall. It's so, so good to spend this time with you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. And to all the rock stars out there listening, uh, get yourself a pack of these cards, fix problems with your bands when you're touring. Uh, you can come back, have those hard conversations with your, your significant other. Let's fix our relationships. And, and if they don't work, at least let's hear what other people are saying. Yeah. And uh, let's break down those barriers because yeah. communication is the lifeblood of humanity. Let's just fix communication and now bring a lot of peace in this world. Thank you so much, Leah. And I'll see you Thank soon. You. Take care. If you enjoy the show, share it with other musicians. Help us spread the word. Theme song written and performed by Wolves at Midnight. Thanks for listening to the Rockstar Today podcast. Now go out there and rock your business like you rock the stage.